Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Real Talk with Shoot and Shock. It's been a pretty wild week, not only in the world of DMV sports, but also in the gaming community with the release of Star Wars Battlefront 2. So we're going to go ahead and just start right there with the PS4 news and talk about Star Wars. Yeah, you know, we've been waiting for this game for quite some time, Chalk. We've talked about it a few times on the podcast. Obviously, we've been waiting for a while. But there's a kind of a side story here that... Uh, maybe getting overlooked by some who aren't really in the gaming community, and that is this uh, movement that has been going on within the game developers to put these things called microtransactions in games. Now, if you don't know what that means, it just basically means you can pay for upgrades or special characters using real-world money, or you know you can unlock those things through gameplay. So EA announced that they were going to put this in the new Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, and somebody did the math, and they found out that it would take like something like 40 hours or 60 hours to unlock... Darth Vader, which, you know, that's just one character. So in order to unlock them all, it would have taken you hundreds of hours of gameplay or you could Mm -hmm. spend the money. Uh, So fans were obviously outraged. They went to Reddit and were blasting them all over the place. Uh, But more importantly, the biggest part of this news, Chuck, and the reason I bring it up, is that EA actually caved and they're taking those out of the game, at least for the beginning. No, and it's amazing. Like, literally, they announced it within two hours of its release. So that was a huge victory for gamers everywhere. Microtransactions has been something that has been slightly growing over the last couple of years, and it's because people are dumb and will actually spend the money. I mean, someone spent over $15,000. I'm going to repeat that because I'm not messing this up. Yes, someone out there spent $15,000 on microtransactions for Mass Effect Andromeda. And to clarify, what the people are using this for is to be able to play online and to be, you know, have the competitive edge in the online multiplayer. So, you spend real-life money to unlock guns quicker, better heroes and whatnot for this game particularly. And thankfully for Reddit, it was the most downvoted post in Reddit history because of how bad this was going to cause players. Because there's people like you and me who just do not have time to play 40 hours to unlock no. one of one of the 20 characters. So you're right. It would take hundreds of plus gaming hours to even get to the the main part of this game which is to play as your favorite characters across all three eras so thankfully they caved but you know it's it's pretty crazy to think about the fact that the internet had the power to literally change the game two hours before it's released no you're exactly right you know this is something that's kind of been growing within the gaming community particularly the outrage towards microtransactions and the thing that set Mm -hmm. this one apart is the fact that it was main characters of the story. So you had Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker were locked behind walls. And in the first game, you could play those guys. So this is an egregious move, at least in the eyes of the consumer, that you know EA is is definitely just doing this to grab your money. That's it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And the games already cost $60, and then they're going to try to hit you with a $50 season pass. And the season pass did not include the heroes. So... Thankfully, uh, it got blasted all over the internet. They went and changed. When I was at GameStop buying the game, uh, the salesman even tried to sell, I guess they had like a $15 all-star pack that gave you some of the the crystals needed to buy the heroes. And right when the guy was checking out in front of me, the other sales associate had to be like, no, 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 they're not doing that anymore. They just announced they're not doing that. So, I mean, this is rapidly developing news. It's ironic because... EA still said that they're going to eventually implement that. So they're basically saying, 
please, please buy this game. We're wrong. But then in two weeks, they're going to add it in there, and it's going to be in there, and then there's going to be people who spend the money because either they're crazy or just have the amount of money to do that, I guess. But, you know, when we were kids, a game was a game that you bought on day one, and that was the whole thing. Yeah. And I, it's not like that anymore. You're exactly right. You know, and I'm hoping we're going to see how long the, the time is between when they actually reinstitute those microtransactions. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to see those go away, to be honest. You know, and I oh, think totally. most gamers would as well. Now, obviously, the people that are out there that are buying these things are the main, you know, reason that these continue to, to go on. And I, I heard a statistic, Chuck, that they actually make more money off the microtransactions than they do for the game sales by far. Oh, yeah. So... It's not going to stop uh, until the gamers get pissed off enough. And, and it shows that at least one company was scared by the online backlash enough to at least amend it. Maybe maybe eventually we'll get them to drop them all together. Who knows? Yeah, I doubt it just because when you look at the purchase of a game, that's a one-time purchase versus multiple small right. microtransactions over time. And that's just constantly making them money. And with a story like Star Wars, it's fan base is far reaching and there's going to be rich people out there who just want to spend the money and are too lazy to, to quote unquote grind their way through. And ironically, that's what EA's reaction was. Oh, we wanted to have this to be a a satisfying experience that you earn your way to these characters. Well, okay. That's still ridiculous though. It's way ridiculous. 40 hours is insane. Like it's going to be hard enough to get the 10 hours that's needed now to get Darth Vader and so on. They drastically cut the amount of crystals needed for those characters. I think it went from 40,000 to 10. And then, you know, characters like Rey and the newer characters are down to like 5,000. So they are obtainable now, yeah. They are obtainable. Uh, We haven't, neither of us have been able to actually get into the game yet. So we'll come back with more reviews about the actual gameplay when we get into it. Myself personally, uh, you know, the last game was pretty much all multiplayer. So I'm really not even looking forward to that aspect of this game. And I know it's what I already know what I'm getting. So right. for me, it's all about the story mission, you know, to to finally hear that what happens at the end of the sixth movie to get to the seventh. That's what I'm most looking forward to. So I'm pretty sure that's all I'm going to be spending most of my time in at the front end. And then we'll enter into the multiplayer later. But either way, you will definitely be seeing videos on our channel about Star Wars moving forward. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, real quick, Chuck, before we yeah. move on to anything else. Just kind of swivel from a, a, a company and a, a gaming industry that is doing it so wrong at the moment. I want to talk about a game that's doing it so right, and that's Horizon Zero Dawn. They mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I know I you have this game. I don't know if you've beaten it yet, um, but it's no, a, I have. you know yeah, brand new, brand new series or, or whatever that just came out, brand new IP, and they just released their first DLC. Uh, it's called The Frozen Wilds, and it's about mm-hmm. 15 hours of gameplay. Okay, uh, you get a whole new area for for about fourteen dollars, but more importantly, there are no microtransactions in this game. It's it's completely story driven, and the story, as you know, Chuck, is extremely interesting. So for anybody out oh, there yeah. who's, who's looking for something new, this is definitely something to pick up on now that they've got this new content with it. Yeah, no doubt. And there's definitely going to be a Game of the Year edition for that. Oh, That'll for probably sure. include that DLC. So if you haven't bought it yet, you might want to hang tight just a little bit. But if you do already have HZD, cop that uh, you know DLC. But the DLC thing is a whole other bag of issues for me. I, right. I still am mad about DLCs. I just wish when you bought a game, that was the game. And DICE had come out and said previously like that was their intention. But then all of a sudden, they try to slide in these microtransactions. So... We'll yeah. see how this whole thing shakes out between the 
all games moving forward, but I would just wish we could get back to the day when the characters and the things that you wanted to get to were unlocked and you just had to play the game in order to get to them. But I am super hype about that. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, that game is incredible. The story is awesome. It's kind of a Definitely. mix of the future and the past because you're, you're going against dinosaurs, but they're machine dinosaurs. So It is awesome. It, and it's an archery-type game, and I love any really RPG game. I always play as an archer, so it's definitely a – it is a must-have. I mean, it's a game-of-the-year type game, so For if you sure. don't own that, definitely get it. But that's kind of what's been going on in the world of PlayStation, so um, keep abreast of what's going on because it's going to be a lot of moving parts as we move into Christmas. More things are going to come out. Definitely. But, you know, as I was saying, it was also a pretty wild week in the DMV with the announcement of the Major League Baseball Awards and Mad Max from the Nationals winning his consecutive back-to-back Cy Young Award. Yeah, I mean, it's bittersweet, you know. Like, I'm really happy for Max. He definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he 16-6 and six record with a 2.51 ERA. He should win that. Um, but at the same time, I'm still hurting over that loss. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we had him win it, and we also had another pitcher nominated, and we can't get out of the first round. I mean, obviously we're happy for him, but at the same time, it's like, really, you know, okay, good for you, you won the award. <laughs> but I mean, what are your your individual awards? Do mean nothing, right. so whatever. But at the same time, it, I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment, and it just speaks to, you know, everything he's gone through in his career, the adversity with the injuries, and the fact that at the beginning of this year he wasn't even supposed to start on time because yeah. he was hurt, and then he ended up you know, just dominating pretty much everyone he went against. I just wish we would be able to dominate in the postseason. Right. But, yeah, you know, and Strasburg, again, he well-deserving of being nominated, and considering he's had Tommy Johns, that's still an incredible accomplishment in itself. It's just when you have two of your four or five main pitchers nominated for the Cy Young and you can't even get out of the first round, that's ridiculous. No, yeah, you're exactly right. So – I'm not sure. I think his contract is up in two years or so. I'm sh- I hope he retires the national. I mean, I can't imagine that they would let him leave. I mean, if you want two Cy Youngs back-to-back, they're going to have to pay him whatever he wants to stick around. But it's it's something that, like you're saying, it, it doesn't really do me anything. You can win these awards, and that's great to talk about. But I want a championship in D.C., not another Cy Young winning pitcher. Yeah, exactly right. You know, again, we're happy for him, but when, when it, get us into the World Series. Hell, get, yeah, us just past, get us there. Get us past the not first even, round. Yeah, not even the World Come Series, on. man. I just want to make it to the the championship yeah. series before we even make it into the World Series. I'll just be happy with that. So, I don't know. I mean, we got the Caps coming up. You know, hopefully they can get something going on. And then obviously the Redskins, um, like we spoke to in our reaction show. I do think there's a possibility that we can get on a run here a little bit as our schedule softens on the back end and. We could definitely be in contention for a wild card. Do I really think we're Super Bowl contenders? Absolutely not. But I do think that if we're hot at the right times, we are a team that would be reckoned with in certain areas. And we have a tough one coming up this week um, in the New Orleans States in the Superdome against the future Hall of Fame quarterback in a run game that just seems like it can't be stopped. No, you're exactly right. I mean, it's definitely going to be a tough one. The Saints are very hot right now, um, playing in the Superdome, which is, again, not a hostile – I mean, a very hostile place. But, you know, it's it's like uh, Kevin Garnett says, man, anything is possible, really, especially, <laughs> yeah. especially with this team. You know, we don't know what's going to show up. Apparently at home they're terrible. On the road they're, you know, playoff contention team. So they are on the road, so that could be in our favor. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. You mentioned this in the reaction show. You said, I think the Redskins hate the home fans because they play terrible at home. Right. But it's ironic, though, two years ago, what a lot of people forget that, um, you know, when Kirk Cousins got his first year starting in 2015 and we went on to, you know, win the division and all of that, we were unstoppable at yeah, home. Yeah, we only we won all home. of our games Yeah, at home. you're exactly right. And then now we can't do anything at home. So, you know, if, if we're going to go in and shock another team, I guess it would have to be the Saints because – Yet again, we're playing another 7-2 and two team. I kind of got in a little bit of a Twitter fight with some random guy on Twitter a couple days ago trying to argue with me, saying that the Redskins don't have, have not had the toughest schedule yet this season when it's been widely publicized by all professional sports writers that we have, like you mentioned with the winning percentages of the teams that we're playing. And it's it's really unfair, <laughs> it seems like. It's like we can't yeah. catch a break no, that for exactly the first right. 10 weeks, every team we're playing is Really good, and here we are facing another team that uh, it's going to be the story of their run game versus our broken and battered defensive line that doesn't even have two starters on there. But if the team that shows up in Seattle shows up, we might be able to stop them. I think you can make them one-dimensional, and while it is Drew Brees and you never want to have to have him pass against you, he's not the same 5,000-yard quarterback as he was two years ago. He's just not. He's older. So I think our our secondary also has a lot to prove after last week. So I think if we can can limit their run game, we'll be okay. I know I'm always harping about the run game, whether it's our run game or their run game, (laughs) but anyone who knows anything about football, it, it is what it is, man. The run game controls the game. You're exactly right, you know, and, and like you say about Drew Brees, he, he's my fantasy quarterback this year, and I drafted him, you know, around the fifth round, whatever, but he hasn't been what he has been in years uh-uh. past. You know, he does get some flashes, but it's a lot like, uh, you remember when Doug Flutie was on the downside of his career, like... Oh, yeah, it's you know, exactly like that. So, he does have those flashes, but he he's not there totally, but... You know, again, the the story for me is is our, our is our offensive line going to be better than our their offensive line? Yeah, and I wish I could say yes, but we're not healthy. No, still you're exactly right. And you know, um, I was talking to one of my good buddies, Fox, from he was a Pike with me in college, and he was saying, "Yeah, man, our offensive line is dominating. You know, that's going to be the key to this game." And while it very well could be. We have a very dominant offensive line when healthy. If right. not top, I think top three in the National Football League. I mean, we, we easily have 100% two pro bowlers, maybe the third if you count Morgan Moses. But either way, we definitely have the best offensive line coach in the National Football League in Bill Callahan. So I think that if we can stop the two-headed monster and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, I think is how you pronounce that kid's last mm-hmm. name, um, that team is not nearly as effective. Plus, a lot of people don't realize that the Saints, while they are 7-2 and two and are on an incredible win streak, a lot of their wins have been pretty lucky. You know, they've had a couple fumbles in the red zone, an interception here or there that just ended up not, you know, killing them to lose the game, where it is the Redskins. If we have one turnover, it seems like no matter what, we lose. <laughs> Kirk Cousins throw one's interception. I think I read a stat today. In if all games that Kirk Cousins has thrown at least one interception is like we've only won six times out of 21. Jeez. I think it was. I, I don't know if that's the right number. I mean, that's me kind of spitballing off the top of my head, but I did read that statistic today. And that's I'm just terrible. thinking that's terrible in the sense that, that your quarterback should not have to do that. I mean, just because he throws an interception, yes, obviously we don't want him to do that, but no one's perfect, and it's a tough position to play. So 
if he throws a pick, the rest of the team should be able to pick him up and still perform well, just like every other quarterback. Because for the same statistic, it was that uh, for they, they were talking about Carson Wentz, who still had a pretty young career, but still he's eight and nine in a game that he's throwing at least one interception. Yeah, but, but again, you, you he, just said it. He, you know, look at the the pool of games he's had. But no, I agree with yeah. you. I think. You know, it does put a lot of pressure on him, and it's also, again, why he has so much negotiating power when it comes to the contract situation. No, yeah, for sure. And the other thing is, too, that, you know, while Drew Brees may not be the quarterback that he was, he's still a quarterback that can win you the game by himself. For so sure, for sure. if he shows up and plays the way he can play, as he has in the past, then we could be in trouble. But the one real thing that I think is interesting about this whole Drew Brees-Kirk Cousins matchup is not only the admiration that Kirk Cousins has for Drew Brees, but then again, who doesn't? I mean, how can you not like Drew? The guy's an amazing story. But the fact that a lot of people forget that Drew Brees is a free agent at the end of this year, and while he has been on record saying, I refuse to play anywhere other than New Orleans, we all know money talks, and the Saints are getting younger. Their whole team, really their best athletes, their best players are all their rookies and second-year guys. Yeah. I can easily see Mickey Loomis sitting up there in his press box thinking, why would I want to pay this 30-plus old quarterback who is not who he used to be anymore when I can just start building a, through this run game that we have? So I think if he does hit the free agency market, that is going to definitely impact Kirk Cousins moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot, and, and you even mentioned this to me, but I think that the real, the real influence on the market for Kirk Cousins is going to be Alex Smith next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's the younger option, yeah. and he's been straight balling out. I mean, talk about a guy who had literally nothing to play for this year in the sense that his team was basically like, yeah, we're only going to keep you this year. We already drafted your replacement. And he's been doing nothing but just showing everybody that not only should really Kansas City keep him, yeah. but anyone that does take him is going to get maybe not a stud, but – a guy who's definitely serviceable enough and also going to raise the ceiling for how much it costs to get a quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing. You know, a lot of people back when Alex Smith was in San Francisco used to bag on him. I know Blake dog was in this camp and I always kind of defended him. Now I'm not saying that I thought he was the best quarterback out there, but that guy is, is a little bit more than a game manager. Like he's very good at being that game manager type where he's not going to go out and lose you the game, but he does a little bit more of the the stuff that will win you the game more often than most just quote-unquote game managers. So I think you're exactly right. And, and his play and performance out there in, in Kansas City really has gotten them to the point where they're at. Now, of course, you know the, the rest of the team is good, but without him playing that role, they're nowhere near as good as they actually are. And you're exactly right. It is going to raise the market for Kirk Cousins and all the quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, do I think Alex Smith is a great quarterback? Not necessarily. And to, well, then again, you have to really quantify what great means. I mean, when you say great, there's really yeah. only one out there, Tom Brady, who's great. Exactly everyone right. else is. He is the everyone guy. else is serviceable, so to speak. So, and if you have different thoughts than that, if you're a fan of another team, by all means, comment below. Tell me I'm wrong, but. I mean, at the end of the day, Alex Smith could technically win you a Super Bowl. I mean, he has a cannon for an arm. The dude is just like Aaron Rodgers in the regards. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is great. Okay, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is great. I mean, I'll, I'll just go back and retract that. Aaron Rodgers is also <laughs> a goat. But he is like that in that he can 
get you with the clock. He can get you with his feet. I mean, he destroyed us scrambling. And this guy's an old man, I feel like. He's been in the league doing it for a long time, and he's been constantly doubted yeah. everywhere he's been. He, they doubted him in San Francisco, and Kaepernick took over. Now he's in Kansas City, and they draft this young gunslinger to take his job. And since week one, he's been like, okay, well then I'm just going to audition every single week and show you why I can be a starter in this league. So I think he will be very sought after come the offseason. I think other teams will throw some money at Drew Brees, like the Denver Broncos or something like that, a team who has defense that just really – need someone to come in and manage their offense to make a run at it. You know, so these yeah. teams that are out there could definitely limit the free agent market for Kirk Cousins, especially with obviously Jimmy Garoppolo now in San Francisco. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that we need to just lock Kirk up, and I'll talk about this every single week if I have to. I, I'm just in that camp. And I saw the article came out. I think I can't remember if it was ESPN or if it was um, NBC Sports Washington. It was one of the two. They were retweeting each other. John Kime and uh, J.P. Finley and all those guys are constantly retweeting each other's articles. So I can never remember who wrote the original one. But um, <laughs> they were basically saying that you know you're either in the I love Kirk Cousins camp or I hate Kirk Cousins camp. There's really no middle ground there. So I happen to be in the side of the I love just because I would prefer to keep him and move forward. But it's going to really depend on the other quarterbacks in the market. Everyone talks about him being this premier free agent, but I think there's other guys out there that are going to cause other teams to take serious looks at. And then, then you got the situation brewing in Buffalo. I mean, Tyrod Taylor by no means is a great quarterback, but he's going to go somewhere and surely get paid more than what Josh McCown got in this off season and guys oh, like for that. Sure, so, for sure. you know, there's a lot of options out there. So I think, Kirk is hopefully realizing that and is like, yeah, I'll just stay put here and hopefully build around myself and get some weapons because he is not one who's going to be able to do it himself. It just it is what it Definitely is what not. it is. He can't do it. If we can draft a running back or a receiver in the first round, get him another weapon on offense, he's in a much better place than going somewhere new. But you know that's not the only storyline that's pretty intriguing in New Orleans this weekend. To me, really. Um, the storyline all week is going to be the Junior Galette's return to New Orleans for multiple reasons. One, because this guy was – he signed a $44 million contract in New Orleans, and then they cut him based off off-field allegations. I think there was something to do with guns and maybe some domestic violence. I'm not going to lie. I'm not 100% caught up on that story because it's been three years ago. But, you know, for me – I. I'm a huge Junior Gallette fan. I know a lot of people have been kind of ragging on him this year. They're like, oh, you haven't shown up. Well, the guy has torn two Achilles in two years in a row, and he's only played, to this point, 10 football games and so many snaps. So I think if I'm Greg Minuski, not, I not only start Junior Gallette this week, but I give him the most amount of reps he's seen all year. Yeah, I think he's going to, you know, get juiced off of that return to New Orleans. He's got something to prove for sure. I know that there is a lot of people from the New Orleans fan base who are definitely down on him, and they still, I'm sure, antagonize him on Twitter. He's very active on there. I know you guys tweet back uh -huh. and forth, whatever. Um, but <clears throat> I think you're exactly right. I think he has the opportunity to really have a breakout game just with the juice of coming back to New Orleans. Yeah. You know, we've been waiting for it, and you've been talking about it on the pod a couple times. All the time. You've been saying – you know, he's going to break out. He's going to break out. And if you actually have been paying attention to him, he is so close. So close. He's, 
He is right there every time, and there's so much holding going on, which we're not even going to get into. Oh. But that definitely plays into it a lot. Uh, so I really do think that you know him coming into this game, he is definitely hype right now, and he's definitely going to come out. And oh, yeah. We'll see. You know, I think I think he could have a big game. Yeah, I mean, and we can have a whole pod episode about the holding in the National Football League. To me, apparently, For it's sure. not even a penalty anymore. I got in another Twitter spat. If you can't catch the theme here, I kind of like to bark on Twitter a little bit. So, again, give me a follow. It's pretty hilarious. But I was talking to one of my other fraternity brothers because he's a Vikings fan, and I was just flabbergasted at the amount of holds that were not called in that game. I mean, the main picture in the newspaper was Ryan Kerrigan being held. So yeah, exactly we, could right. talk, we could talk all day about that. But, no, I really I, – like I said, I'm a huge fan of Junior Gallette, not just from the, the aspect of what he's overcome, just because – it's incredible. I mean, this guy continues to battle back, and he wants to be here in Washington and wants to be the player that he knows he can be. Yeah. It just takes time. I mean, football conditioning is way different than any other off-the-field conditioning. And if there's ever a game where he's going to have that extra element to get him going, it's this week. I called it out. I think he's going to have two sacks, and then I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. I might be wrong, but whatever. Either way, I'm still going to love the guy. I think he's someone that we should still keep around hopefully he won't come at a very expensive price come next offseason but we'll see um i just think that this is going to be his game that we're going to look back and be like okay that was the turning point so hail 58 i hope you do well this i hope you do well the best number in football i will say that is the best Eh, in football so i don't know i think 73 is a little bit better but not 58 ain't bad either though so i really do hope he breaks out this week so we'll see you know we'll definitely do another redskins reaction um for anyone that is still relatively new to our channel uh we're gonna start putting up some more content coming up in the next couple weeks but one thing we're definitely gonna be doing every week is our redskins rapid reaction show so every week we're gonna film a quick 10 to 15 minute segment of our thoughts on the game really just to kind of see how close or how far away we were in our predictions. So come next week, check back, see if Junior Gallette had two sacks or not. Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, most importantly about this Monday's show is that uh, I'm actually going to Alabama. I'll leave it on Sunday, which is why we're filming this pre-recorded. Um, but I'm going out there to visit Chalk. I'm staying out there for Thanksgiving, which is going to be actually our first quote-unquote grown-up Thanksgiving away from the parents by ourselves together. Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Slapsgiving? What was that? <laughs> No, yeah, definitely. It's it's going to be pretty exciting. So we're going to be working on content all week. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to actually get to see the show where we're both in the same room. You don't have to look at it on the split screen. Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty exciting. But yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. And uh, you know, before we before we sign off, Chuck, I got to give a shout out. You were talking about a couple people reaching out to us. Got to give a shout out oh, yeah. to to the guy Jeff, whoever you are. Out there, Minnesota Vikings fan commented on our rapid reaction show. Uh, actually, had a conversation with us. We do appreciate that kind of love in the in the comments or just reaching out to us on Twitter. So, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. We do appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. That was pretty dope, man. I mean, that guy just found us on YouTube. I guess I don't know if he was looking at Viking stuff and just stumbled across our rapid reaction show, but we definitely appreciate it. And like I said, man, it, I like to to kind of go to battle a little bit on whether it be social media or in comments. So. Uh, you know, one thing I do probably too more too often is I'll get on the ESPN posts and just rag on people for what they say. So please do it to me. If you think I'm wrong, if you think that uh, Junior Gallette might not be the guy that I think he is or Kirk Cousins is trash or whatever, man, let me know. Just expect you're definitely going to get a response because I am not shy about that. 
but that's really what this whole thing is about. You know, we, we definitely want to interact with you guys. We want to hear your thoughts. So that way we can kind of gear the show more towards the things that you're thinking too. But like he said, shoot is going to make the drive on over to Alabama this week. Couldn't be more hyped about it. Uh, we're also having our good buddy B dog coming down from uh, Virginia. He's coming to visit too. So it's going to be a super lit Thanksgiving, but like Chip said, it's going to be a, a grown up Thanksgiving. We're going to cook a, me- a mega feast and yeah. be playing a lot of video games and putting up new content. So if you're sitting there and you start seeing notifications on your subs or on our Facebook page and you're just like, man, why are these guys putting up so many videos? It's because we're actually together in the same room, which is very rare uh, for you know two brothers to finally get together. So we're super hype about it, and you're going to start seeing some awesome content. Definitely Star Wars is coming your way. But to that end, check out what we also already have on the page if you haven't. Shoot put a, a pretty awesome video of uh, Call of Duty World War II. Since we got this new editing software, he can finally put his little picture in the corner, and it looks pretty dope. So we're trying to get our game up a little bit so when you're watching it, it doesn't look as basic as possible as it has been in the past. <laughs> so real. if you've been with us since day one, you're going to start slowly start to see some upgrades. So check it out um, and let us know what you think of the content so that way we can gear more towards what you like yeah we really and again we do appreciate everybody watching and uh please let us know what you think in the comments but come back again check back early next week for our redskins rapid reaction and then definitely be sure to check in on the following weekend for episode eight of real talk with shooting shot don't be hung up on no status quo or no status quo never that if i get the feeling that that is dope no other feeling really matters